0: We do have the world's first manufacturing satellite flying at 525
1: kilometers above us. This is a device to process pharmaceutical active ingredients and change their crystal structure. Basically our our first proof of concept payload for our future pharmaceutical manufacturing and pharmaceutical R&D missions.
2: In-space manufacturing may sound like science fiction, but it's happening already, albeit on a very small scale. It's a fledging market that analysts and a number of startups think is ready to take off.
3: The
4: next industrial revolution
3: will be in space. If you look at pharma, semiconductors, beauty and health products and potentially food in the, in the sense of like new crops, we estimated the market to be above 10 billion at some point in 2030, depending on the speed of maturation.
2: Space offers a unique environment for research and development because its higher levels of radiation, microgravity and near vacuumless state allow companies to come up with new manufacturing methods or materials that are not possible on Earth. In space manufacturing is not entirely new. The International Space Station has hosted a number of experiments from academics, government agencies and commercial customers for things like growing human tissue, making pure semiconductors and developing new or better drugs. In the 2024 fiscal year budget, President Biden even set aside $5 million for NASA to pursue cancer related research on the ISS. But access to the ISS has always been competitive and interest continues to grow.
3: When you look at what has historically happened on the International Space Station, you see that there's a huge queue and backlog of people wanting to use the space station to run experiments to see how you can manufacture and so on. And one interesting leading indicator we've looked into, it's the number of patents, which refer to microgravity, which has increased tenfold per year between 2010 and 2020.
2: On top of that, the ISS is due to retire in a few years. So a number of space startups see an opportunity to fill this gap for in-space manufacturing demand using compact space factories. CNBC spoke with two such companies, California-based Varda Space Industries and UK-based SpaceForge to see how the startups hope to make manufacturing in space a profitable business. Nestled in El Segundo, California, Varda Space Industries has grown quickly since its inception in 2020, with over 70 people now working at the company's 61,000 square foot headquarters. Varda's mission? to help pharmaceutical companies improve their drugs or come up with new drug therapies by taking advantage of the unique properties of space and then return those materials back to Earth.
0: If you look on it at a per unit mass basis, pharmaceuticals are just the highest revenue-producing basically product on the entire
2: planet. To do this, VARTA will use a spacecraft made of three main components, a heat shield-protected re-entry capsule, a payload module that holds the customer's materials inside the capsule, and a satellite bus which provides the capsule with power, communication capabilities, and propulsion. The entire apparatus is launched on a rocket. Once in space, the system is able to autonomously manipulate the materials on board before returning to Earth with the finished product.
0: When you think about automation, this isn't like six degrees of freedom, like robot arms moving around, super complex. Think of it as like mixing certain fluids, heating, cooling them, crystallizing them. This stuff is like very, very, you know, sort of simple in terms of like, you know, the mechanisms that are on board.
2: While Varda makes the capsule and payload module in-house, some of the company's platform comes from off-the-shelf hardware. Rocket Lab's Photon spacecraft serves as Varda's satellite bus. And under a partnership signed last year, Varda is using NASA-developed tech for its heat shield. VARTA also plans to launch its first four missions on SpaceX's Falcon 9 rockets.
1: Every piece of the puzzle of Varda has been done before. We're only novel in the aggregate.
2: Key to Varda's business proposition is a phenomenon known as protein crystallization. This occurs when supersaturated protein solutions are essentially evaporated to form a solid so that scientists can study a protein structure. Understanding the crystal structure of a protein can help scientists get a better idea of disease mechanisms, identify drug targets, and optimize drug design. Think drugs that have less side effects, are more effective, or can withstand a greater array of conditions, such as not needing to be refrigerated.
1: We take drugs that already exist and just improve the formulation because we're able to manipulate that chemical in a different way, fundamentally, than you can on Earth.
2: Years of research have shown that protein crystals grown in space are much higher quality than those grown on Earth. Drug makers that have experimented with protein crystallization in space include Bristol-Myers Squibb and Merck and company. In the case of Merck, the company has been experimenting with pembrolizumab, the active ingredient in Merck's best-selling oncology drug, Keytruda.
4: This allowed us to come up with an improved pembrolizumab formulation that we're in long term testing for stability right now. A lot of drugs like Keytruda are difficult to deliver. And they start off being delivered as IV infusions, so a patient and their caregiver go to this, usually a hospital, and they spend time there for five hours or so going through this infusion process. So what we're looking at to see if we can translate that into a subcutaneous injection that could be given in a doctor's office.
2: Merck's new Keytruda formulation is not on the market yet, but if successful, it could not only make drug delivery to the patient much easier, but may also prove valuable in retaining Merck's patent for the drug. In Q2 2023, Merck reported worldwide sales of $15 billion, with over $6 billion coming from sales of Keytruda.
3: Oncology drug has a overall value creation over time, over a billion dollars. Therefore, the value of doing some research which either accelerates the timeline of the development of such a drug or improves its performance by a few percentages point, that has a huge financial return.
2: Aspar says that Varda would not be manufacturing a huge amount of material in space, only what is known as the primary active pharmaceutical ingredient. The rest of the manufacturing process will be done in traditional facilities on Earth.
0: You're not going to see us like making penicillin or ibuprofen and these types of like very generic mass consumption you know, targets given that the amount of crystalline you need to create is far beyond our current capabilities. But there is a wide set of drugs that do billions and billions of dollars a year of revenue that are actively fit within the you know, manufacturing size that we can do even in our current manufacturing facility. If you look at the entire United States consumption in 2021 and 2022 of the Pfizer COVID vaccine, even though there were hundreds of millions of doses, the actual total amount of consumable primary pharmaceutical ingredient of the actual crystalline mRNA, it effectively was less than two milk gallon jugs.
2: Though Varda has not announced any customers publicly, Asparohoff says they've been in discussions with a number of biopharma companies. Varda has a few notable investors, including Founders Fund, where Asparohoff serves as a partner and Colsa Ventures.
1: We raised a $54 million Series A in the middle of 2021. Since then, we've also closed a couple of contracts with the Department of Defense. It's a $60 million Strat-5 program, so we have enough runway for four flights, roughly around three years.
2: Varda's business plan is to not only charge customers for the service of in-space manufacturing, but also share in the profits of any drugs developed off-world in the form of royalties. Meanwhile, under the $60 million Department of Defense contract, the Air Force will use Varda's space capsule, which will re-enter the Earth at speeds of over 19,000 miles per hour, as a hypersonic test bed. Engines full power and lift off. In June, Varda launched its first test mission upon a SpaceX rocket. The goal is to test out its manufacturing mechanism using a sample of ritonavir, the main ingredient in antiviral Paxlovid, which has been used to fight COVID-19. Varda says the mission has been running smoothly so far and hopes to retrieve the capsule within the next few weeks. Three additional missions are also planned.
1: Fundamental metric of success for us at Varda is cadence. We plan on launching every six months for the first four. We kind of set that up as the initial framework when we raise the money and plan the business. If we can not have a successful mission in the first four attempts, then quite frankly, we don't deserve to have a space company anymore.
2: Across the Atlantic in Cardiff, Wales, SpaceForge is working on designing its own in-space factory to manufacture next-generation semiconductors.
5: We chose to focus on semiconductors really because that's where our expertise as a company is. We're about 50% advanced materials and about 50% spacecraft engineering.
2: Western co-founded SpaceForge in 2018. The company now has about 50 employees and has raised over $15 million, with the European Space Agency serving as its largest customer. SpaceForge's goal is to make semiconductor substrates using materials other than silicon to manufacture more efficient, higher performing chips.
5: Two which are spoken of a lot at the moment are gallium nitride and silicon carbide. Both are much more difficult to produce than your traditional silicon. In the example of something like gallium nitride you find that in a lot of power dense high value infrastructure like 5G cell towers. So if you were to try and use silicon in a 5G cell tower it would run at about 3% efficiency. What I mean by that is 97% of the energy you dump into the silicon is lost as heat. In today's gallium nitride it runs at only about 8% efficiency. With space-made gallium nitride, we think we can actually get that to above 25%.
4: This next generation of materials is gonna allow us to create an efficiency that we've never seen before. We're talking about 10 to 100 X improvement in semiconductor performance.
2: Analysts estimate that the global market for such advanced semiconductors could reach $73 billion by 2032. Just like with pharmaceuticals, the secret sauce to achieving this type of performance improvement in semiconductors lies in creating the perfect crystals in space. Experiments dating back to the 1970s, conducted aboard the United States' first space station, Skylab, have proved the concept.
5: A combination of the microgravity and the naturally high-purity vacuum That you find in space creates a much better manufacturing environment for this process. What that allows you to do is to create larger single crystal structures that could be achieved on Earth, which makes it easier for heat to escape and electrons to move across.
2: Being able to dissipate heat is key. Since the hotter a semiconductor gets, the worse it performs.
4: Our first process and the one we've spent the most time working on and really perfecting as we move into space is what we call PECVD. It's a really fancy way of saying growing crystals with ever thinner layers of chemical film. What you essentially do is you
5: heat up a hot ball of plasma pump in your precursor gases and metal into a chamber known as a reactor uh, and you deposit it literally atom by atom, layer by layer uh, onto what we call a substrate and you build the wafer up.
2: This mini manufacturing lab will sit inside of Space Forge's proprietary spacecraft Forge Star. Missions will last anywhere from two weeks to six months before the vehicle returns to Earth with the finished material protected by a heat shield that the company calls Perdwin. The entire system will be captured by a contraption that looks like a giant net to minimize impact.
5: Once we've created these crystals in space, we can bring them back down to the ground and we can effectively replicate their growth on Earth. So we don't need to go to space countless times to build up pretty good scale operating with our partners and customers on the ground.
2: The company's first vehicle, Forge Star 1A, will be able to produce enough material for about 500 chips per flight, says Western. But SpaceForge hopes to scale up significantly in the future.
4: You don't need a lot of material to build an awful lot of semiconductors. We're expecting that each mission will produce enough material to produce anywhere from 750,000 to 1.25 million semiconductors.
2: Eventually, SpaceForge plans to target markets beyond semiconductors
4: the chemical process that we
5: undertake to grow semiconductors is useful for a whole range of other material classes, solar cells and photovoltaic production, carbon nanotubes, graphene composites. We've even looked at some platinum-based compounds to allow you to replace lithium in battery supply chains. So we chose that because it provided us with a whole product family from day one that we could go and
2: explore. Western says SpaceForge hopes to launch its first mission by the end of the year. This after an initial launch in January on Virgin Orbit's Launcher-1 rocket failed. Back in April, the company also announced plans to build a manufacturing headquarters in the U.S. There's no question that in-space manufacturing is still a very nascent market, but experts think that could change.
3: As a company, we are convinced that space is broadly going to disrupt in a positive way. All industries. Close to any company should have a space strategy.
2: Aside from Varda and Spaceforge, a number of other companies, including Space Tango and Redwire, which acquired Made in Space, are also exploring in space manufacturing. But all these companies face a steep path forward.
0: You're talking about a combination of showing these pharmaceutical partners that you have basically the cadence and the reliability they expect from their terrestrial partners. You also have to get over the hurdles of both FAA re-entry approval with like live pharmaceutical compounds as well as FDA approval of getting GMP compliance so that they actually are comfortable with you being a part of the manufacturing chain and supply chain of this particular, you
1: know, sort of drug candidate.
2: It's a hard problem and Varda expects that its initial profit won't come from manufacturing at all.
1: We expect to be profitable, you know, in in a few years when we are standard operation on our hypersonic test bed. Drug development takes a long time. So even when the formulation is complete, you're still a few years out from clinical trials.
2: Even for non-pharmaceutical manufacturing, many questions around regulation remain.
5: If I build the platform in the UK, I launch it from America and I land it in Portugal. Was it an export to the U.S.? Did I export from the U.S. to Portugal? Or because the value was generated in space and we're one of the very few platforms in space that comes back more valuable than when it departed, do I have to pay import duties and customs tax?
2: Still, the success of companies like Barda and SpaceForge could have implications far beyond manufacturing.
0: Start off with very small, fully automated uh, manufacturing satellites, but over time, as those satellites get larger, you have justification for having humans on board, and that's how you eventually build an industrial park in low-Earth orbit. The only way to make humanity a multiplanetary species in my opinion isn't just big rockets but it's having sort of sustained economic activity in space.